we're back. Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. We are going episode by episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Today, we are talking about episode one of season two, When She Was Bad. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. We have a very, very special guest today with us. It's Chris O'Brien. Woo! Thank you for wooing. I didn't want to woo myself. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the Chris's can just cross over at any point <laughs> in this session. You can call me O'Brien to save, like, if there's confusion about which Chris is oh. which. Oh. Because I have a kind of generic. It'll be like a next gen but can thing. I, just say, I was like, also thinking a DS9 thing. thing. Yeah, I was thinking next I just want to say it like I'm saying, like, oh, Brian. Like, what, like, you know, like every time I, I refer oh, to you, Brian. I want to, like, add that, like, oh. Funny enough, my last name is actually a contraction of... Brian is what it really means. I'm Chris of Brian. Mm. Chris of Brian. Yeah. That's not Chris confusing. Chris of Brian. Yeah. Somewhere oh, that way back sense. up the family tree, one dude named Brian. Let's just condense it. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of condensing, now there's no segue. Let's head into the library. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the library, guys. Mm-hmm. We had a few weeks off. We had a few weeks of summer vacation. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we're nerds, a few of us came back and hung out. Chris has been busy. Yeah. Uh, Chris Bramante. I'm gonna just officially say I'm O'Brien for the <laughs> okay. rest of the podcast. Um, before we talk about what Chris has been up to, O'Brien, <laughs> what have you been up to? Uh, we know you from uh, from Classic Alice. Yeah, online I've been in a couple web series. So Classic Alice is probably the big one that most people might recognize me from, playing you and Mick Bay. You are fantastic in it. I just want to say oh, I'm thank a fanboy so for the for the this entire session. It's so funny because like it's so clear that you have to do uh, performance to be like awkward. <laughs> I have to. Uh, I probably not. perform less than you realize uh, <laughs> to be to do the awkward thing. Um, but no, it was a really fun character to play because it was like every episode he was kind of someplace else, you know, as a character and doing different things. Um, yeah, so you and McVeigh on Classic Alice. Uh, people who are local to LA might recognize me as a helpful Honda guy. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I actually nice. did when you started following me on Twitter. I was like, <laughs> I know who that is. I thought it was going to be like. I was gonna get a car, but it's fine. No, wait, when are you? Wait, when are you watching Honda commercials? Yeah, you don't have television. <laughs> when no, do you get? I when are you watching? Why don't you let us watch television? During award shows. <laughs> That's when I watched television. We watched an award show together, and there were no commercials. At a bar, there were commercials. There's always commercials. Oh, we watch it again at the bar. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and I'm also a Dunkin' Donuts guy right now. It's been a wait, good year what? for commercials. That's, that's how I know that Dunkin' Donuts really? has pretzel buttons. I didn't know Dunkin' Donuts had pretzel buttons. Yeah, until... pretzel but I'm the dude. I'm like on a computer. It's a 15 second spot it's really short i'm on my computer i take a bite of my pretzel egg and bacon whatever oh thingy, and i'm like oh damn that's good and then it cuts away <laughs> wow <laughs> to you know the glory shots of the food and the voiceover that's amazing i love dunkin donuts i, I am obsessed with and you're from new hampshire yeah, chris course, right yeah, yeah okay so we're new england people we know dunkin donuts but in oh, my and home's from Jersey. I'm from the East Coast and I hate Dunkin' Donuts. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's different in New England though. Like yeah. the East I Coast. I went to has school it. in Boston. Ugh, how do you not like Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> I had Dunkin' Donuts in uh, Chicago because okay. I visit my family in Chicago a lot. And there was one night where, not to get into too many details, but I'm, I'm almost positive Dunkin' Donuts saved my life. <laughs> I it believe was it. Two no, for one martini night. <laughs> And I'm positive that just, I was like, I'll take all of these. And they're just like, yeah, soak it up. 
So, <laughs> have this iced coffee. And then the next morning I woke up from my plane and I was like, I'm awake. I'm alive. I feel good. I've, uh, I've seen people, and where I'm from, there were, I mean, my hometown is probably about the size of West Hollywood, which, again, for people not in LA, it's not big. I can't remember how many square miles it is, but it's a small town. At one point, there were six Dunkin' Donuts in like a four mile radius, maybe not even that much, and two in the same parking lot. I'm not surprised. And they were all viable. They all did good business. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a crazy place. For so I've become a minor hometown celebrity because I'm in the Dunkin' Donuts That's commercial and it awesome. airs during Red Sox games. That's wow. you. Wow. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Wow. I am not proud of anything else in my life more than I'm proud of being in a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. I mean, that's, that's it. Huge. That's yeah. great. I've made it. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I don't do anything else as an actor. I remember um, we were shooting something at my high school uh, with this like random guy. It was MSG Varsity, which no longer exists. Um, and they did this like program with like students. It was mostly sports. But I, anyway, I went to a film high school, so we filmed something. And the actor that we had to keep filming, they just kept coming up to us. And they were like, did you see him in that Dunkin' Donuts commercial? And we're like... No, we don't know. They're like, just tell them you saw his Dunkin' Donuts commercial. And I was like, okay, fine. And then I was like, this is so weird. And it was it was so awkward because like all day they were like just trying to like make this guy, I guess, happy. Mm-hmm. And they're just, just talking about his Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Oh and I was God. like, okay. He needed, really needed his Dunkin' he needed ego. He was filming hey. something out of high yeah. school. America runs on it. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, America does run on Dunkin'. People don't know yeah, this. Yeah, at least half of it. And we know about it because uh, we're, we're having some Dunkin' Donuts right now. We're drinking some coffee. It's early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Study group. free Dunkin' Donuts. If yeah. Dunkin' Donuts wants to sponsor this podcast, I will retract my I'm, hatred of Dunkin' Donuts watery Dunkin coffee. Dunkin' <laughs> This is a bad way to segue into a sponsorship. <laughs> hey, uh, if you want to sponsor us, I'll I stop hating you. you, you lazy, horrible <laughs> coffee maker. This <laughs> sounds like a 90s kid talking to a dad. Like, well, if you take me shopping, maybe I won't run away. <laughs> <laughs> Does Squarespace sponsor your podcast? Because I'm pretty sure they'll sponsor literally That's any true. podcast. Not our podcast. Uh, That's why, why I have a Squarespace. This one's brought to us by Squarespace. Yeah. Just call, just start saying they yeah. sponsor you. Squarespace. And I think they'll do it. it. Ends up in our PayPal. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Today we're talking about the episode uh, one of season two. Mm-hmm. We're cracking the season two. We're back. That originally aired on September fifteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Written and directed by Joss Whedon. It's when she was bad. Mm-hmm. So before we really get into it, guys, it was the summer. We were staying up late watching Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. You bring that up every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's all right if maybe you didn't study. You know, maybe you fell behind. Maybe you didn't do your summer reading. Totally fine. Because we got Chris Vermonte here. He's going to catch us up. With our cram session in five sentences or less, we're going to count them. He's going to say what happened in the episode. Take it away, Chris. So, here we are back from the summer and things aren't quite as comfortable as the Scoobies want it to be. One. Uh, Xander and Willow have some flirtation going on, but they're wondering about that one Slayer, and when she comes back, for some reason, she is being cruel and distant to her best friends. Two. Um, everybody's like, hey, what's up with Buffy? Why is she insulting us? Why is she grinding on Xander and saying hateful comments? And why, oh why, does she keep snapping at a moment's notice? Three. Oof, I didn't, I didn't use that one well. <laughs> um... We discover 
that <laughs> Buffy is not quite recovered from the traumatic experience of her battle with the Master, and there is a squadron of religious vampires led by a guy named Absalom who are trying to resurrect his body. In the end, all the people who were close to the Master physically during that final battle are strung up by their feet. Buffy swings in, saves the day, smashes the bones of the Master, lets little tears out, realizes that she was being, you know, she was penting up some dark, uncomfortable feelings. But hey, when you're friends, that's A-OK. -okay. Willow and Xander are joking her with her in the end, and it seems like we're uh, back to normal in Sunnydale. Five. <laughs> that was well uh, that sounded like Woo. a sentence that Henry Wadsworth Longfellow would have written, but did, which is did, what the episode is named after. Did Giles, <laughs> did Giles look rumple? I need to know how. Oh Giles yeah, how looked. was his coat? His tweed? Oh no, Giles was Giles was washed. Now you hear that this didn't get mentioned because of the sentence restrictions. But you know, Giles is really crushing hard on Jenny Calendar. He's making it very known, and he is showering morning and night. That's what he's doing. I, Looking clean. I love Giles. <laughs> <laughs> I have that written it's down at, on his notes. It's right. It's, it's the one biggest one whole note. page. Oh, yeah. And it's I like, love, that I love Snyder too. I kind of do like Snyder, but we can get into that later. <laughs> I just want to say about Giles real quick. The man who plays him, I can never remember his name. Anthony head. <laughs> yeah, it's an unfortunate name for a man who has a long head. And then in this episode in particular, he's got like some Nick Cage hair going on. So it looks even longer. And they get better with his hair as the series goes on. But I just, I really wanted to just flatten it out a little bit. I wanted to pat him on the head and say, I he love you, but you need this. Yeah, he had some. He had a poof. Yeah. He had a poof. That's big for English people, though. Just they let poof. his soul glow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, well, that's my, America, my Giles hair thought. I had to get it <laughs> Do you think he's, uh, is there a particular reason why he would in this? Like let's think about all the events that happened in season one. Let's 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 use that context. Well, I mean, everyone's hair changes. Yeah, except including for except for Willows. Yeah, except for Willows. Including Buffy, looking great. Xander calls it out, and you guys know why that and why uh why that was why her hair was different. Why was her hair different? Because she was in Scream too. No, I knew this the entire time. <laughs> That's what. Oh, it's her Scream two hair. I just realized yeah. that she played Cece, right? She did. C I. She's, she's C. in it for two seconds, though. She's she's in the she's like. Spoiler alert! Yeah. No, but she's like the Drew. For those of you who haven't seen Scream Two. For those of you who haven't, seen, okay. So first of all, Scream Two. <laughs> Scream Two is probably the best of the Scream franchise. Whoa! Scream you have not seen Scream Four. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Scream Four was not as horrible as I thought it would be. Scream hey. Four is actually pretty good. Hey, Jane, Silent Bob are in Scream Three, so it's my favorite. Are you guys oh. excited for like Scream Double Stuff Reloaded? That's coming uh, out. Oh, the MTV show. Fast and the yeah. Furious, more Scream, more Fury. Yeah. Not, uh. Uh, well, I don't know. I love the Scream movies, and I think it's a really good franchise, and it's one of the franchises where the sequel is kind of like better. That yeah, but it's like it's all good. Really, but wasn't, it's all good. Wasn't it's the, like the Godfather? Too, well, it's because scream. it's the whole Gail Weathers and Dewey like storyline. Yeah. Really, like they, I don't. Know. I because of Scary Movie, and this is a spoiler for Scary Movie. I consistently think that Scream, the first one, and, and I've seen it like a hundred times, it always ends with Dewey being the bad guy. And I'm always just like, and this is the scene where that happens, and then it does, I'm like, oh wait. That's in Scary no, Shaggy. That was a Shag parody. Shaggy is the bad guy. You're yeah. Right. And, Ske uh, and Skeet Ulrich yes. from Jericho, from mm -hmm. Scream. Oh yeah. Uh, from, from Scream. <laughs> 
He was in a show that was on ABC that was I really liked. God, what was it called? It was about like him investigating miracles. Didn't we talk about um, this? Amazing, and it got canceled. Was it called... Did. Chris and I love Skeet Ulrich. Oh, yeah, he was in a show called Miracles something or something. Or something. Undercover Boss. Undercover Boss. There it is. No. <laughs> Undercover Brother. Undercover Brother. Yeah. <laughs> Great movie. Uh, but, yes, anyway, so Buffy. She gets back from L.A., and she is a little unhappy, and she's a little in a bad mood, which is normal because she got back from L.A. That's how I feel when I go over Thanksgiving. How's it going? Well, everything sucks. Reboot culture is everywhere. It's rampant. Yeah. <laughs> but, wait, even before that, this... On Netflix, it opens up with this weird recap of oh, season one. Oh, that's right. Giles is a recap, right? Yeah, and it's also, it's very poorly edited. It's, it's just weird. It's just really weird. weird. I, I don't, it's very like... The guy who edited that is like, can't wait for another episode <laughs> of the Sunnydale study. Go! <laughs> if the editor is listening, I'm sorry. Just in his pool in Pasadena, just crying on his flotation <laughs> device. Gatsby style. But so, uh, wait, season one was like a mid-season replacement, right? So it's yes. like a yes. shortened season. Yeah. And then so in season two, in a lot of ways, is like, well, here's how, this is our chance to really get our audience. You know audience. what's kind of funny is yeah. like, you could almost, if someone was like, should I, like, I'm in a rush. I, I'm in a rush and I, I'm not in a great mood with season one and I don't like Twilight Zone or Goosebumps, sorry for the dark. Should I watch season one? I could honestly say, I, like, I always say, watch season one. Mm-hmm. But if someone's like, I hate it, it's just like, well, the recap will pretty much do it for you. Okay. Giles is a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, so... Season one happens. It's fine. And the whole time she spends essentially maybe what, like at least a few months, at least two months, multiple months, knowing that she's going to die. Right? Yeah. Like sensing that she's going to die, even though the prophecy hasn't been fully translated, she's having dreams of the master coming to kill her. She wants to live a normal life. This is the whole, this is where we're coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wants to be a normal kid and put that all behind her because it inconvenience. And everyone, all the adults are mean to her about it because they're mm-hmm. like, they're just going to burn down the school again and stuff. She can't put it behind her. It's her calling. She hates it. But finally she finds some friends. They're put in an insane amount of danger. She almost loses them. Mm-hmm. She dies. Yeah. And comes back to life and has no downtime to deal with it. And then just goes to hang out with her father, who she had nightmares about already. <laughs> <laughs> her very absent father, who she has complicated yeah. feelings about. Mm-hmm. Who's amazing at shopping for shoes. Yeah. 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 I kind of get the impression that the way Buffy spent her summer, and I'm picking up on this from uh, from Hank Summers' scene with Joyce, is that I think Buffy kind of just was by herself. If she was hanging out with someone, she was hanging out with Hank, but wasn't really talking to him. I feel like she did a lot of just kind of like, you know when like you were young and alone and you just kind of wandered and just kind of thought and yeah. sort of felt bad yeah, for yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like... Still a thing. <laughs> in your age, because you're 14 years old. Ah, right? yes. <laughs> so what were, what were Willow, like Willow and Xander aren't just like having a romantic stroll. They're supposed to be patrolling. They're patrolling, but like, but like more with, to like make sure. Why? Because <laughs> they're not really good. They're right? not, they're yeah, not they're good patrolling with like no slaying. weapons. Yeah. Uh, they're no patrolling profits, so Buffy can show up and save them. Yeah. yeah. They're hoping that like they're dairy intolerant. It's yeah. pretty much. Like, mm-hmm. Do you like lactose? No, I'm a vampire. Thank God we got this ice cream. <laughs> Cute scene. Amazing oh, scene with the man. nose. And there's chemistry. Yeah. That no, is there isn't. <laughs> you know, I don't feel that chemistry there. Not really. I mean, maybe maybe there are more than other places, but... I think it's there. I think it's like... I mean, definitely more than other places. More than season one places. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Willow and Xander are a very important pairing in the show. It's like they are through and through the two that know each other the most and who are the most connected and who are the most similar in 
status in terms of their being relevant to the situation. Uh, like Buffy would refer to them as civilians. And, you know, they obviously are very different people, but as horrible as Xander can be and as much of a buffoon as he can be, it's like Willow, her bond and her trust of him is Gives unbreakable. Him yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, you're right. They have, and it's almost like this bond that we have as the audience mm -hmm. with those characters because we're not the necessarily the powerful ones. Like, lots of times you get put in the position of, like, you want to pretend you're Superman, you want to pretend you're Wonder Woman, but with... Uh, Buffy, they address the idea of like normal high school students not being powerful and Buffy being the strong one a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, and it's also interesting to start the episode and start the season with them. Like, and not start it with Buffy. It's not following Buffy to find them almost being attacked. Buffy jumps into this. So we're used to their ordinary world, right? Yeah, we're yeah. back with them. We're seeing through their eyes. And then Buffy shows up and we, as the audience, can't really get a read on her. She's yeah. blocked us out too. Mm -hmm. Even though in the beginning she seems fine. Yeah. Giles is the only one who's just like, you should probably take like a, some days off, you mm -hmm. know? Right. And then she has that, because uh, she comes back and she wants to get into training immediately. And it's clear that something, something is pent up and she kind of recreates the movie montage. That, yeah. Uh, that, uh, hey, you know what? Chrissy I'm say, Swanson guys, did. Let's get, yeah, you're right. That was the, the Buffy movie montage. Yeah. Uh, let's bring back montages. <laughs> I see nothing wrong with montages. Uh, Time Heart has a montage. It does. It does. Go see Time Heart, except you can't because <laughs> it'll, <laughs> it'll be over, over by, by the time <laughs> yeah. the podcast comes out. You, I'm sorry, I, I kind of interrupted you, Holland, a minute ago. What were you saying about something? Oh, I have no idea. I think I was going to bring up the whole PTSD thing. Is that yeah. really for that? I, it's an intense trigger warning. I don't, well, I don't know. That was I, a very insensitive way for me to say that. <laughs> trigger warning if. You don't like triggers. Yeah, yeah. Trigger warning for trigger warning material. I, trigger warnings are weird. If triggers trigger know. you, if triggers then trigger you. yeah. If, trigger, if, if you're discussing trigger, trigger, trigger warnings yeah. are triggering. Yeah, I mean the wonderful thing about triggers <laughs> <laughs> that there's um, literally not only one. <laughs> but basically, upon rewatching this, I realized this is really like it's like a PTSD episode, um, uh -huh. which was something I feel like I wasn't familiar with until. I was probably older watching TV um, when they because uh, I feel like a lot of shows have episodes like that because you have a character that's had a traumatic experience and is trying to come to grips with it um, and usually they ignore it and then it starts to affect their life um, but no one else around them can see kind oh, of like their internal struggle yeah yeah because yeah, it yeah. really just comes off as them being distant. Um, the, like the invisibility of mental yeah, illness. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So it does. It does discuss mental illness um, in a way because she's she's dealing with something really. It's hard because she's dealing with something really intense, and it's totally understandable for her to have PTSD in this situation. Mm -hmm. But no one seems to be really like accepting of it because they just think she's being a bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's there's yeah. two things about this episode, and it kind of jumps to the end a little bit. But like, it's very much a Joss Whedon script in mm -hmm. that sense because you have this magic world where there's vampires and demons and the Slayer, and her struggle is actually really human. Yeah. It's there's nothing yeah. magic wrong with her. She's mm -hmm. dealing with the fact that she died and or almost died, you know, but like she mm -hmm. was dead for a minute and came back. Yeah. And then by the end too, the way she gets over it 
isn't magical either. She takes a very human tool, a sledgehammer, and smashes up the bones of the master. And that's kind of what finally like allows her to you know break down her walls and feel what she needs to feel to, to start moving on and healing. That's so... Wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did it's you guys like, notice her hair was from Scream 2? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because like, the Scream 2 thing is actually... <laughs> well, it's kind of important because even the fact that she kind of looks different sets us up as an audience member to be like, you're not... Well, her hair was longer in season one, right? Right. Yeah. Cutting yeah. her hair is very symbolic. And it looks, also, yeah. like, it looks more kind of like grown up. And they did that with a lot of the characters. Like, Cordelia's hair is different because it's that whole kind of like coming back to a new season. You can tell which season it is by the female lead and what their hair looks like. That's very much a thing in like all television. Mm-hmm. Or um, Dave Boreanaz Wait. Hey! Oh. David Boreanaz looks the same. Yeah, he's still for pretty thin. Uh, for now. I, well, I know. Okay. Spoiler, sorry, we'll cut that out. We won't. Okay. Also, these people probably watched Bones. If you haven't watched Bones, it's on Netflix. More season uh-huh. five Angel. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but don't go into Angel yet. Oh, yeah. I mean, what's Angel? No. Oh, sorry. Um, Wait, what? Uh, but yeah. yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, you guys, it's, it, it is, okay, this is what's so, I love this episode so much. Uh, a lot of the reviews at the time said that it was like a slow intro to the season. Uh-huh. Um, it, I guess in terms of it, it's not setting up like this big bad, uh, unless you believe that at the end, the little boy going, I don't like her. It's like, it's like I, oh man, I, I, you put wheels in motion. I love that button though. It's, I hate great, that yeah. girl. Uh, so and funny. he's left alone and it's just like he's a villain like it's just great to see like a villain in a little boy's body mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. we hate you too the annoying <laughs> <laughs> but um it is it's so crazy to come into a TV show and the format and the psychology of television is that things aren't supposed to change it's supposed to be that you get to see these people and hang out with Rachel and Ross for like what seven years or something mm-hmm. ten and was it ten it, it was, was ten, ten 1992 yeah. to 2002 right it yeah. was ten years yeah uh, ten years and then it's the whole constantly the will they won't they those guys are all Chandler's pretty much the same except when he's doing a dramatic role then he talks a little quieter and that's how he communicates emotions except when Matthew Perry was dealing with his like drug and alcohol addiction yeah that was yeah. Um, I'm very glad that he's doing well. Me too. <laughs> Good for you, Matthew Perry. But like this, to jump into this show uh, and jump into this episode, and things are di- so different. Mm-hmm. Like even by the end, it's like it's not even that they're back to normal. It's that they're trying to get back to normal. It's not. Yeah, it's not even like I when I rewatched it. I've seen this episode a few times now. That last sort of moment with uh, Buffy and Xander and Willow. At first, I thought, oh, like oh, things are back to normal. But that's not what it's mm-hmm. saying. It's saying that. Things aren't normal, but it'll be okay. Yeah. And, like, stagnation and, like, wanting to stay stagnant in your life is a very, like, normal psychological... Or, like, at least seeing yourself as always stagnant. Of like, well, I've always been this person. Mm-hmm. And, like, if I made mistakes before, it's because it was leading up to me being this person. Mm-hmm. But in this episode, I feel like we just get pulled away from that because Buffy's actions are so different and so uncharacteristic but still appropriate and understandable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, like... I think it's also, it's like, the normal is that it's never normal. And Buffy premieres are always about her isolation. Obviously, we won't go into anything about the future, but even if you just look at the two that we have right now, it's like, Welcome to the Hellmouth is about her coming into a new situation that she doesn't understand anything. This is her coming back to a situation that once was very comfortable, but now she's isolating herself again because so much of her existence is yeah. being told that she is alone. Season three, she, you know. uh, they continue it where she's at the mountaintop at Arendelle 
in this castle. <laughs> I would be like, Omar, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I was like, he's going for it. Spoilers! I know. Yeah, it really is like it just pulls that party. Like she walks up yeah. to her friends. Mm-hmm. She walks from the outside in, and the entire like what? Okay, what are the best isolation moments in this episode? It, Z- the Xander dance, right? Because that because the Xander dance is her. That's her most vicious moment because she where she says to him she dances with him super sensually he's driven insane she's doing it one to piss off angel she's doing it two because she knows driving xander absolutely mad and then it's kind of like she knows that he's absolutely hating that he's loving it because he's mad at her but he's so still somewhat in love with her that he's absolutely letting this dance happen but then she stabs the knife and twists it with the don't you wish you know do, did I ever thank you for saving my life don't you wish I would mm-hmm. and then she walks off and takes her purse without saying goodbye to Willow it's like that to me is I think the most memorable moment of the entire episode it is and like following that when Cordelia kind of comes after her and speaks to her especially that's also like a really great Cordelia moment too mm-hmm. because you see that she still cares even though she quote unquote hates these guys but the fact that Cordelia sees that Buffy is being like the complete opposite of what Buffy usually is Mm -hmm. and is coming to give her advice on to how to like behave with people is such like a yeah clearly Um, Buffy is not in a good place also pretty sure that's where this episode passes the Bechdel test yes it does whoa Just, wow, that all tied in. We should just bring that up in every episode now. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, that's wow. I think that's the first moment in the episode where two women speak to each other yeah. about anything other than like men or yeah. clothes mm-hmm. or whatever. Because yeah. it's about Cordelia saying to her, you don't even realize how bad you're... You know, yeah. You don't realize the consequences, what the consequences could mm-hmm. be for what you're doing. By the way, Joan Collins... But unfortunately, uh, she immediately becomes a damsel in distress. Like, as soon as that conversation... Oh, with Cordelia? Yeah. 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 She just gets yanked away. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I love you guys. Moment, so great. Sorry, go dance with Angel. Whoop. Yeah, it's a little like Bugs Bunny as <laughs> yeah. cane pull up. Sorry, the princess is in another castle. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and Angel wouldn't have danced. No, Angel, Angel doesn't. Dance. Angel doesn't dance. He can. He can <laughs> gently rock. He doesn't dance. He could have done. Thinking of that specific, I've actually, I've actually never watched Angel. I'm admitting to that right now. I don't know if people on the podcast know this, yeah. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it when we get. There, like when we get to the point in Buffy where Angel yeah. starts, and that's why I'm kind of doing this podcast because mm-hmm. Angel's a, that's not really a spoiler. Angel gets his own spinoff. That's no, that's not knowledge. Yeah, people know. Um, it is known. It is but known. the only thing I know about Angel <laughs> is that there's this YouTube clip that I've seen so many times. Ah, uh, yeah. It's like 45 seconds long, and it's like Angel's like, "Oh, I don't dance," and then it's like. Angel dance like Dave Moran is just dancing like a freaking goof. <laughs> he does the he does the hand clap. Do you think that's yeah. more of an actor thing than like a character choice? That's like an he actor just thing. doesn't. That's, yeah. that, that was Dave, well, I, well, I feel like David Boreanaz dances. He plays characters that don't dance. Hey, David Boreanaz does dance, uh, and here's how I know: I've spent many years as a caterer in oh Los Angeles. Oh my god! Stop with your catering stories, Chris. <laughs> and I have many a time seen David Boreanaz cutting footloose on the dance Stop. floor. Fact Stop. 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 Stop telling your catering stories. I hate when I bring up a celebrity and you're like, oh, I just saw them at blah, blah, blah's blah, blah, blah. Holland, I have I bled for those stories. I just started catering, by the way, and it went great. Well, you'll have those stories <laughs> soon, too. Thanks. Yeah. I have bled for those. 
I think, I, by the way, I have 10 pages of by notes. By the way, baby. <laughs> and I'm only one page into my notes so far. Other Let's than the I Love Giles Speed page. it on up. I have a half a page of yeah. notes before the opening credits. Yeah, you are so, this is great. Yeah. This is, I. We'll publish those notes. You're getting a gold star. Oh, you're getting two you. gold stars. Ah, two? Well, yeah. they just say all work and no play. I love Giles. I love Giles. I love Giles. And it's repeated. <laughs> yeah, over and over. Yeah. Here's Giles. I love him. But <laughs> as much as I love this episode, it has like some weird moments and some things that definitely don't work and there are a few cliches like, like what jokes that fall flat well okay there's a moment really early on uh right before miss calendar shows up for the first time uh where giles is talking to snyder mm-hmm. who i think is highly underrated by the way oh no mm-hmm. we love snyder i love snyder we love to hate him uh i don't even love to hate him i just love him kinda. i'm in your boat like he's you annoying he's a good principal uh no he's a horrible person to those children most I think he's a good of the principal time, but he's a better he's a good principal, principal than he's the okay. Than Flutie. He yeah, runs a tighter yeah. ship than Flutie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so they're walking and talking. He's the little finger. Uh, they're doing a little <laughs> West Wing action through the whatever. Right, the right. Courtyard. And, uh, and this is like, I think of it as a Simpsons joke because it's when one character describes something and then another character immediately does it mm-hmm. and like shows how it's the opposite, like that's not true. And he's like, oh, yeah. every time a pretty girl walks by, these boys turn into gibbering fools. And then Miss Calendar approaches yeah. and Giles immediately turns into a gibbering uh, fool. See, I'm, I'm a sap and I love that. I think it's <laughs> yeah. so cute. And like even thinking about it, my face is just like... I like it. it it's, it's so it's cheesy. It's within tone. But... It's within tone. I mean, Buffy, I, I know what you mean but Buffy does that I don't hate it it's yeah. just I noticed it here because yeah, I'm then, still on your ship it's a very stylistic choice yeah oh, it's yeah. very just like it was like if this if this was a stage play this is a part where they separate into two different parts and it lights up on like <laughs> and he's like and they always straighten their tie blackout on him light up on Giles yeah. he straightens his tie right. blackout on Giles <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a, it's I think it's something Joss Whedon got much better at like in Firefly where yeah he, he was able to do it more in and then perfected it in Avengers subtle like way. I feel like yeah yeah like we see a lot of that play out like that kind of combi like the setup and like visual like play mm-hmm. out in Avengers because Snyder then like he keeps talking and talking and Giles and Ms. Calendar Jenny Calendar walk away and then. Snyder actually says, I might as well be talking to myself yeah. <laughs> as he's talking to himself. It's yeah. almost like they had a whiteboard and they just wrote down action and then just put like Armin Sherman's <laughs> line. <laughs> it's, I get what you mean because I, I like that kind of humor and that's why I really like Joss and like I like that he does that. But those are back to back and I guess watching it like if you're not just like, oh, I love everything Joss Whedon does and like this is amazing and Buffy's my favorite and I love it. So if you're watching it with a more critical eye, or yeah, like if you're yeah. first I like it. it. I do like it. You I just, just notice no, no, no. I sound critical because yeah. I'm like no, yelling. No, no, no. But that makes sense. That makes sense. It's more writerly than realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I wonder. Totally. I wonder too, like if he got better at it and got more subtle, or if like he was getting notes back from like the studio, like mm. this joke. We didn't get the joke. Make it more obvious. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, WB was just like, I don't get why Giles is doing this thing while talking to Snyder. It's like. Uh, WB, oh. especially at that time, was a little more heavy-handed with things, yeah. I feel like. I Their mascot was, was a dancing attention. frog. Exactly. Hey, you need Michigan like J out of this. They probably gave him the note to make it more obvious, and then he was just like, well, whatever, I'm just going to make it as obvious as yeah. possible. There's you going to be a this? dancing frog. I'm going to literally write this. <laughs> yeah. You want the dancing frog? I'll give you the dancing frog. I feel like Joss would do that out of spite. Yeah, I think this is really the first real... Wait, sorry, what was that? Naked mud dances. Anyway. Ooh, yeah, we'll oh, get, yeah. We'll get naked. to those. We'll get to those. Yeah, that's one of those moments where it's just like, what? Like, here's a list of 20 things that might make Giles hot under the collar. And I feel like there's another show that I saw that in where it was just like, 
Mean Giles, Hot Under the Collar? Uh, yeah, it was. Oh, it was uh, TBS's uh, Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Giles, Hot Under the Collar. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember much of Brandy season man. one, but I know that this is like a really great example because then shortly after that, Xander says, Yo, G Man. And he goes, Nice to see you. And never call me that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Giles will comment on things people say when he thinks to, not immediately after they say it. And it, it's mm. so I love that about his character because it tells me that he's always thinking even when he's talking. You're right. Yeah. His ums are full thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think this was Joss's real first episode. Because it's like Joss wrote a handful of season one. Obviously, he's showrunning it and he wrote and directed Prophecy Girl. But I think that now that it's like, okay, Buffy's back. We picked it up. It's a hit. It's an official hit. So now I think that they're kind of trusting him and he's being allowed to... It's like now whenever... No longer for the rest of the series does yeah. he just write an episode. Yeah. He writes well, the direction. And it feels very unique. Like the um, the scene in the bronze mm-hmm. is not a TV scene. That's a movie scene. Mm-hmm. Like TV, you that set up your cameras, you have people walk long. around and you cut, you cut along the Well, that footage. was also their yeah. opportunity to show off that band that whatever, whoever they were. Mato. Uh, they're playing the song Sugar Water. I have two things to say about them really quickly. One is Sean Lennon is in the background. That's John, John Lennon, Lennon and Yoko Ono's son. Really? Yep. Yes. Uh, he joined the band later after the episode. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who was oh! not in that other episode. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, big Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And the other thing is, I think that Chibomato is, for all you Serenity fans out there, I think they're Fruity Odie Bar. No. I think they're oh, the Fruity Odie Bar people. Oh my god. Did Think they? about them. Well, there's one of them is a guy, but I think like looking at them, and I pulled up a picture of Fruity Odie Bar, and I looked at them both, and I was like, I think they might be Fruity Odie Bar. Uh, I don't know about that, but I do know that I was really struck by the feeling that that song or that band had like a, a song on the Pure Mood CD from like the nineties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like you have a ton of notes. I do have a ton of notes, and I want to like rapid fire go through some of the like more interesting things. So let's yes. do like a substitute teacher section. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm a substitute teacher. Take it this away. Awesome. Oh, okay, so one of the coolest things I noticed in this episode was uh, Xander, right after uh, he sees, like, Giles sees the Scoobies for the first time in the episode, uh, Xander says, oh, eight minutes and 33 seconds, referencing how long it would take Giles to suggest consulting books. Uh, and I think it happens at, like, 9.55 or 9.58 Netflix time, but if you cut out the weird recap and the opening credits sequence... It happens at roughly 8 minutes and 15 seconds real time in the episode. Like, really close to 8 minutes and 33 seconds. That's awesome. Yeah, and I don't know if they were, like, if they cut out, like, a bit of a scene or something and it threw it off in editing, or if it, you know, when it originally aired, it was closer to the real time. But I thought that was really, really That's more Easter eggy than anything in Lost. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What else do I have? Oh, Angel in the Window. How does he get up in that window all the time? Does he, like, is it like the kid in Clarissa Explains It All? I was probably a ladder. As you're probably reading it out loud. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. television man. Who played Aladdin in some form, right? Didn't we talk about that earlier? Like, that kid played Aladdin. He played Aladdin, but he didn't. He and, but he played Aladdin in like a close... Whatever, it doesn't matter. We'll look it up. This is also where Buffy's like... I mean, she's already been this way in the episode, but she's being like snippy and weird and needlessly combative and abrasive. And I can't remember... If, I couldn't remember if she was angry at Angel for some other reason at the time. And But then like five seconds later, she's like... Like in the one moment she's all, oh great, more vampires. Wow, wow, my life. Why can't I be normal? And then immediately after she's like, yeah, let's go kick some ass. Like I need to go kick some mm-hmm. ass. So she does this weird thing, and I don't remember how much she did it in season one, but I know she continues to kind of do that thing now and then. It's kind of part of 
who Buffy is. She just shuts off and becomes like just a slayer. Yeah, well, Buffy. she's like, she's yeah. complaining about how she wants a normal life, but then at the very next moment, the solution to her like frustrations about not having a normal life is diving deeper into the oh, not wow. normal life she has. That's actually really interesting because mm. it's, because like on one hand, it's just like, you know, it's just moving the story forward, I guess, because she has to fight vampires. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, though, you bring up such an interesting point, especially from what you guys said earlier, where it's almost as if because she can't consolidate her two, the two aspects of her life, or two aspects of her life, not the two, but just two aspects, she can't consolidate like being a slayer and the problems that causes and her being a human and going through that and, yeah. and experiencing fear and loss and grief and anger. Her only option is to like walk further into the darkness just of to being be a slayer. One. Yeah, yeah, just like be like have an ultimatum where it's like, well, if I have to deal with it, then I'm just not dealing with the other thing, which makes her a bad slayer. Because her friends mm -hmm. get hurt. Yeah. She walks right into a trap because she shuts down her human emotions. But that's also what allows her to survive so long as a slayer is that she has friends, mm -hmm. too. Exactly, so like, yeah. It's so complicated. This is um, this is sort of pulling out a little bit, but one thing, I, I really like the Justice League Unlimited and Justice League version of Batman. Because he is, like, sort of a loner and sort of dark. Yeah. But he's always, like, he never gets too far away from that wherever, like, someone's saying something, like... Like, uh, you know, Wonder Woman's like, why would someone do this? And then Batman is just like, because he's in love. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, you have to remember that we're all humans. Like, I know that you're a god, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like that. I love that take of, like, the hero who who has a lot of responsibility, has to do a lot, but at the same time is just like, no, but I'm, not, I'm still... We're all humans, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I needed more of that from her in this episode because I actually wrote down... Already tired of this book five Harry Potter push away your friends when you need them <laughs> bullshit. Like... She just kind of, like, there was not enough of, like, guys, I know I'm being difficult right now. Sure, yeah. Like, a little I bit mean, of like, a tinge, right? Just a grain of, I'm aware that I'm being not great to you. But, I mean, that's Stick not... with me. But it's realistic, because it's, like, when even adults... So, sometimes people want to sulk. No, mm -hmm. I know. Sometimes this people is... want people to ask what's wrong, and then they want to say back to them, get out of here. This is, like, entire, like, season four Beckett and Castle. If anyone Samuel else Beckett, Castle. Samuel the playwright, is a Ooh. character in Castle. Like Beckett. No, but he like... He stands at a bus stop. <laughs> it's, a really good, it's a really good storyline because Beckett is going through PTSD. Um, oh, is because that the... Is that the... Sonic character? That's the, the girl main character? One, the oh. girl character. The one that isn't Nathan Fillion. Okay. The one with the, the really pretty hair. The police officer. The police officer. Oh, there you go. Um, okay. So basically something happens to her and she goes through PTSD for basically like the entire season and it's a really great storyline and it's really well done. Um, but she's really hard on Castle for hmm. like an entire year. And even in like in the promos, they use like that was when um Lonely Boy was really popular by the Black Keys. Yeah. That song. Uh -huh. So they would like use it in the promos and I was like, this is kind of offensive, but also like I see what you're doing. <laughs> um but it's like that same thing where it's it's hard because like if you look into you realize like the character is going through stuff, mm -hmm. but at the same time they're portrayed as being like a bitch. It could be something, like, I guess because we were being pulled so far out of Buffy's POV, the only time we get, like, a breaking moment of her, like, reaching out, but it it's, it hurts, is when Angel's in the bedroom and disappears. He says, I yeah. miss you, missed you, and before he, he uh, after he leaves, she yeah. says, I miss you too, and he's gone. He doesn't yeah. yeah. But it's hard, it's something that Joss does really well, though, because he portrays these characters in a very realistic way, mm -hmm. because if this was happening to you in real life, you would probably be acting this way and other people wouldn't know why you were acting this way. Yeah, that's. I, I guess I see what you're so saying. So it's, 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 it's yeah. hard because it's like TV 
And a lot of times with TV or movies, like, you want everything spelled out to you. Yeah, you're but right. But if you think of it in a logistical way, like, this is how this type of person would be asking and it acting, and it makes sense. That's true. And I, I'm just saying this because I just realized this when yeah. I was rewatching it because it was something that, like, didn't go through my mind. Speaking of Joss's writings, perfect segue into my next note that I wanted to mention. Uh, at one point, Buffy says, Cordelia, your mouth is open. Sound is coming from it. This is never good. And it reminded me of a line from Firefly where Mal, Mal says something like, and I don't remember exactly, he's like, your mouth is moving, you want to see to that, or whatever. To Simon? Uh, uh, or your, yeah, your mouth is still moving, see to that, or, or is it whatever Jane? it is. Is it Simon yeah, or Jane? I don't, uh, it may be Jane. I think it's probably Jane. I remember right. this moment happening. Mal yeah. scolds Jane more often than anyone, probably. At least but he scolds Simon a good amount as well. Yeah. At any rate, it was really cool because it was like proto and like he That's got better awesome. at writing those lines. Yeah. And also, it's like they, the actors and Buffy still weren't good at handling Joss Whedon dialogue yet because the way it's a new style yeah, yeah. the way um, they, were, they were sticking into it Sarah yeah. Michelle Gellar handles that line it's fine but it's not quite the right it's a little Samuel Jackson beginning of Avengers where it's like like the pharaohs of old right where yeah 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 where you're just like yeah. I yeah sure <laughs> the world will spin on there's Maybe. a few early yeah Gary lines where you're like you aren't doing this <laughs> she almost did too much with it like those type of lines that you write sometimes just need to be kind of like quick and flat and you're right it's kind of like when people Shakespeare act and we're Shakespeare acting and we're from Verona yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. Nah, just do it just yeah. like hey how's it going we're Shakespeare acting but I love that because it, rem- it reminded me of mm-hmm. something that it, at the time it came out hadn't happened yet mm-hmm. but you could see Joss Whedon's voice in that's that. so cool to see like the seeds yeah. of someone's Work. Mm-hmm. The seeds of Whedon. <laughs> something else. It's his birthday, by the way. So happy birthday. Happy birthday, happy birthday Joss. And his children. He's definitely listening, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Nick Brendan is getting great at, I mean, Xander's still, Xander. <laughs> but he's still, he, I think, is really starting, his voice is coming together. Yeah. excellent. Brendan got yeah. better and better yeah. as it went on. Um, I think you can see him getting better almost more than anyone. And yeah. having someone else sort of like doing, being the teenager character and having more like uber human feelings. Mm-hmm. Not uber mensch, but it was just like <laughs> super, oh God, how do I? Unnecessary. Very human. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it allowed Daniel to be the, like the bounce board a little bit for him to like be the voice mm-hmm. of like reason, yeah, which yeah. was a great change of pace. And also there's a great moment. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up because like Willow also just like, was there kissing? And then, like, yeah, like, I noticed cut that. it. Like, yeah. Because he's like, was there groping? Yeah, and it's like a great, like, you see both of them and you're like, but you're both weirdos. Yeah. You're yeah. both weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> you just want different things, but you're both weirdos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed, I always loved, this is nothing that much to do with this episode, but I always loved the research in the library scenes, even more than the action scenes or like the quippy stuff, maybe. Well, a lot of quippy things happen in the library, but. I don't know why, but it always calls back my strongest memories of being young and like actually seeing this on TV mm-hmm. airing like for the first time. Um, because like that doesn't get done like that anymore. I don't know. Everything yeah. is digitized. Unless you have a television set like Holland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then See, in you're the... making jokes that I'm young, but at the same time, you're like, you still watch TV? I'm confused. If you're going to make fun of me, you should just like... Should I be more consistent? Am I inconsistent about you're it? You're very inconsistent about your mocking. I'll choose one. All right. You're from the South. <laughs> Go eat some kale and collard greens. What? Continue. My favorite joke, I was going to say, happened in that moment. It's kind of a cheesy joke, but it ended up being my favorite joke in the episode where Buffy reads the like the letter, the, the ransom note, essentially, on the rock, and it says, like, be here at this time. Right. Or, Cordelia something something, or we're going to make her a meal. 
And Xander says, they're going to cook her dinner? Yeah, Xander's like an idiot in this. He can't spell. He doesn't get, like, ransom notes. But it's actually a clever joke about grammar. And also, he's super Chandler in that moment. Like, the You're way right. he delivers that line is yeah. totally Chandler. And he legitimately is not only thinking that they're going to cook her dinner, he's concerned about it. <laughs> yeah. What could they possibly cook her? It's going to be vampire food? No. Could they be any more ominous? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nicholas Brandon was just like marathoning friends. He was like, at that time. He was a bit, this is who I'm going to be. Yeah, friends started in '92. We just had. No, this. but could you marathon it? Did. Five years later. Did. Like, uh, they the did DVDs? rerun. Did they do reruns? Reruns. DVDs? Syndication. I don't know when the DVD. Be a good tape. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You could tape hardcore, it. Hardcore fans watch that shit over, live and also yeah. be just laser disc it. He could just go over to the Warner Brothers and be like, "Hey, you guys have." We keep interrupting the subject teacher. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. That, that's your podcast, not mine. <laughs> no, it's yours now. We didn't. We wanted to. The last, <laughs> the last two things that I was really excited to talk about or just mention was at the end. There's these really that really great moment where Buffy smashes up the bones, right? But right before it happens, Willow says it's over, and Xander says, "No, it's not." And I could have like done without their little like because they're up on like a balcony. It's Statler and Waldorf kind of. Like, I just wasn't into it. I thought there needed to be no commentary. It looks like she's got a bone to pick. <laughs> yeah, kind of though. I didn't need it. I was. I wasn't. I wanted it to be silent. It's a little like that scene at the end of uh, Frozen when Olaf is just like, "Oh, love," and it's like, "Yeah, yeah, obviously, Olaf." But basically, Olaf's whole just like he didn't need to be there. <laughs> Hey, the wasn't. very last note that I had was the last conversation between Giles and Buffy. Giles says to her, punishing yourself like this is pointless. And Buffy says, it's entirely pointy. Yeah. And that's like classic Buffy the Vampire wow. style dialogue. And I yeah. think it's one of the first times she, she makes that kind of like cutesy, but yeah. very funny, intelligent little like joke. Yeah. Well, like I feel like a lot of people use those lines to just be like, a, hey, it's funny, it's good, we're funny, we're a funny show. Yeah. And that one was like, I'm I'm clever, I'm witty, and it sucks. It also shows <laughs> her immediately kind of like she's she is she's progressed in this episode. Yeah. She's she's making like you know, she's she's speaking seriously with Giles, but in a way that we remember her doing that's true to her. You're character. right. Like it's no longer like Giles being like, Are you gonna you need to worry about the dance? Like, Buffy is definitely a different person. Mm -hmm. Uh she's not a not necessarily a different person, but she's the same person, but there's she's in a different situation and she's there's different stuff going on in her life and the circumstances have definitely shifted. Yeah. I just love that. It's entirely pointy. Yeah. Beating myself weird. up has a point. Yeah. <laughs> And that's our bell, uh, but it's only our first bell, which means we have a little bit more time left for our extracurricular activity. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> it's really hot while we're recording this. It's really warm. Yeah, there. so... Um, so, extracurricular is, an, uh, is a... Um, uh, <laughs> what was it? Uh, 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 yes, uh, Miss Calendar. Uh, <laughs> extracurricular activities is when Holland Farkas gets to choose something for us to do that's inspired by the episode. We're going to make it up on the spot. It can be a song, a local commercial, a jingle, a rap. It's totally up to Holland. Um. So, Holland, what are we doing this week? So, since we all got back from our summer break, which was shorter than most, um, I think... I would like you guys to do um, a small skit or sketch based off of your summer vacation experience. Like, like we're telling the class what we. Yes, um, like say I, you you just got back and this is like the fourth grade and the teacher is like, I'm gonna break you off in groups of three and you're gonna show us what you did this summer. Mm -hmm. 
And you're like, oh my god. Okay, cool. Yeah. Fourth grade, summer. Take it away, Chris. Mm. All right, kids. Um, welcome back from summer. I know that we're all real excited to be back in school. I know I am. I know that my uh, ex-wife, Denise, is thrilled that I'm back at school. Um, but uh, yeah, so before we get into any math or science or language arts, let's talk about what we did this summer. You know, I'm sure you guys had some some great things to do. Um, uh, Stephen O'Bronnen, I believe his name. Uh, Stephen O'Bronnen, is yeah. that you? Would you uh, care to tell the class what my you did this summer? My mom's name is Denise. Are you my dad? Does that mean? No, does that just. See me after class. Okay. What do I, what I did this summer? Yes. All right. This summer, uh, I learned some new skills at camp. My mom, Denise, she was telling me how important it is to learn skills. So I learned some skills such as um, public speaking, for example. Oh. I practiced uh, talking uh in the way when you to people in the public like many speaking. much yes yeah. you're a lot better at it now and articulation you're really good i can sense an improvement you go bobby oh uh hello bobby everyone yeah <laughs> how's it going guys uh fourth grade president <laughs> even though it's the first day uh i i um well i'm gonna be completely honest with you guys i got lost I got lost for a few weeks. There was a, a search party. Yeah, I saw you. Yeah. Yeah, on the news. No, I saw you lost. Why didn't you tell anyone? I was practicing public speaking at the time. And, and but, I, I the, wasn't, I hadn't graduated yet, so. I got separated from my family for weeks. I was. That sounds great. It, it was not, I had to fend for myself. I had to learn what plants are poisonous and what plants aren't. Why don't you talk about that? Uh, poison oak. <laughs> no big surprise there. Yeah, well, sometimes kids, it's uh, the the life lesson of of what if what Earth's creatures are poisonous and which aren't is something we learn in time. Um, anyway, uh, Bobby, I, I congratulate you on your on your recent election, and uh, Stephen, you keep on you keep on taking those classes, buddy. Keep on taking those classes. Uh, all right, kids. Um, we're we're going to take we're going to do nap time for a minute, and we're going to come back in a, in a little bit. Okay. I'm not tired. But we're in the fourth grade. Susie. Nap time. When are we going to talk about summer reading? Why is our class have more diversity in our names? How many pieces of pizza does it? Is in a in a large pizza. Ten, ten if you cut it right. And that's our bell. It means we are out of time in this session. Thank you so much for joining us as we talked about the first episode of season two. We are back, everybody. We're back in the library. We're talking about Buffy. It is great. Chris O'Brien, thank you so much for joining us. Thank it you for having me. Pleasure. Thank you for letting me take over your podcast for ten minutes so you, I can hey, talk you about all the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> the substitute teacher's excellent.
sponsor. Yeah, that's right. We really, was... we really want that Dunkin' Donuts sponsor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have no con- I legal something something. I can't do that. I don't know. That was good legalese. <laughs> Where can they find you? Uh, I am Micro Brian literally everywhere. So that's M I wait M I C M I M I C R O B R I E N on pretty much every social media platform known to social media platforms. So whether that's YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Vine, everything. That's find that name and that's me. Please check him out on Classic Alice. He's so good. The confessionals alone are just great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I love Classic Alice. I love being on Classic Alice. Chris, where can they find you? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Amantiak, uh, YouTube, and I'm fantastic. Or you can find me somewhere around Los Angeles stages with Robot Teammate and the Accidental Party, robotteammate.com, musical improv. Check it out. How about you, Holland? Uh, my name is Holland Farkas. You can find me on Twitter at Holland Farkas. Facebook is Holland Farkas. Instagram is Sparkland. YouTube is youtube.com slash user slash TalesHillHardXO. Um, I also contribute to geekandsundry.com, so you can find my articles on there. And my website, which I think my domain is about to expire, so I need to go renew that. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a little note on future Holland there. <laughs> and I'm Omar. You can always find me at youtube.com slash twobrokegeeks or on Twitter at number twobrokegeeks where uh, I have a bunch of geeky videos and uh, hopefully I'll feature all of you guys who are all invited for upcoming videos. So yes. Oh my god, yeah. I want to yes. take over that too. <laughs> it's yours. Take it. Yes! Uh, and as always, guys, you can find Sunnydale Study Group everything. We post pictures, memes, questions, pop quizzes. We have a whole week full of fun every week at Facebook, facebook.com slash Sunnydale Study Group, or on Twitter at SSG Podcast. Again, that's at SSG Podcast. We're also on Instagram, so find us there. And we want to ask you this week, we want you to do some homework. We want to know what has been the most cathartic experience in your life. Buffy broke the bones of the master. What was like your weird little, like maybe it was just, I don't know, uh, throwing a, a, a box of juice against a wall. Oof. Is this yeah. a PG podcast? Uh, no. no, it's not. It is not. <laughs> I still don't want to say mine. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week for episode two of season two. We are just keeping on going. And this season, as you can already tell, has amazing guests. So please stay with us. We really appreciate you guys. Support and send you the study group. We're all study buddies together. Pack up your bags, pack up your books. We will see you next week. Brian. <laughs> oh, Brian. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Brian. If we ever get Sunnydale Study Group shirts, like a shirt shop, shop oh, we should, for that sure. should be one of them. On the front, O. Oh, on the back, Brian. 
Nice. Uh, you know what? Maybe we'll <laughs> workshop it. I feel like you immediately <laughs> did a 180 on that idea. <laughs> that was a horrible idea. Who came up with that? Get fired that person. <laughs>